This week we are uh, continuing our Emotionally Healthy Relationship series. And uh, if you're here for the first time visiting us, we really, we care about our relationships, right? We want them to be great. We want them to glorify God. Uh, I got a call uh, because of a relationship of mine. I got a call about 10 o'clock this morning that Roy was sick. And so I got to stand in for him today. And so these are his notes. Okay, so it was too late. I, I actually, I went over his notes and I felt like, you know, they actually sync up. You know, sometimes when you read somebody else's notes, it looks like a whole nother thing that you couldn't really, like, say it's not really going. But I looked at his notes and it seemed to uh, line up pretty easily. So uh, if you like the lesson today, you can thank Roy. Uh, if you don't like the lesson today, you can thank Roy, too. Uh, so Danielle was asking me how I was feeling uh, about the lesson. I said, I feel great. This is a freebie, right? It's a, it's a win-win. Um, but, uh, you know, God, God likes us to be able to pick each other up when, when we're in need. And I appreciate it. I, he called it like 7, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to be able to do it. And he called it like 10, and he's like, you know what? It ain't going to happen. So I appreciate that he was uh, giving it a try. He wanted to, you know, hold up his uh, commitment, and then it was just like, you know what, there's a time, there's a time to say no, and uh, so he, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and um, so we're going to talk about expectations today. I don't know if that was like God's sense of humor, making me talk about expectations, uh, but I, I think there was some, some, some uh, probably some heavenly humor there, um, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to talk about the stories that we tell ourselves when our expectations aren't met. And I want to propose that what, what the stories you tell determine the quality of your relationships. When your expectations are not met, when you start saying things like, oh, that's not a big deal. That's pretty good, right? That, that, that means that you're going to have a good it's going to go well, you know, if it's like, well, you know, I know they love me. Something must have come up. You know, if your mind is starts saying, well, this is a big deal. I can't believe they didn't do X, Y, or Z. Or this is like the fifth time in the last month that they've done X, Y, or Z, that this is not loving. You can just imagine how your relationships are going to go if those are the stories that you uh, start telling your, yourself. So... Expectations are extremely complicated things. I'm just going to share with you a few things that I've heard probably in about the past month about things that have happened at church. Okay, we're talking about expectations at church. That person gave me a really weird look. I knew they didn't like me or I knew there was something going on based on how I saw them across the room that there was some ill feelings coming my way. And that, that's pretty amazing. I wish I had that skill to be able to determine that. But this is, that's how we can feel, right? When we're in a bad place or we're a little off, sometimes we start seeing things that may or may not be there. They took two hours to respond to my text. I mean, you think about text, that's a whole other world of expectations. For some people, five minutes is a long time. For some people, 24 hours is perfectly fine. 
So two hours is really a random expectation that this person came up with that this was way too long and they must be upset because they didn't get back to me within two hours. I don't know what your text time is, but we all have a text time, right? If they don't get back to me by this amount of time, the flag goes up that I see people patting their spouses, right, as I'm talking here that... It's probably very rare that your spouse has the exact same text time that you do, right? That's not very likely. You know, I've heard that they didn't send a smiley face emoji with that text. So I think they're upset, and then I've heard it reversed when I thought they were upset, and they said, no, I wasn't upset, I had a smiley emoji at the end. And so it's like, I can write whatever I want as long as they have a smiley face. It's fun. It's okay, you know. So that's kind of the texting world uh, uh, that I was talking about there. You know, what about when you go and you send a birthday text a day or two late? I mean, you kind of sit there and you go, well, is this going to be a good thing? Or is this going to hurt their feelings that I really forgot on the actual day? You know, this is what I think about. I usually just kind of go for it and feel like, hey, it's better late than never. That's usually my motto, but that's not everybody's motto. Um, You know, that person couldn't meet me on Saturday at 4 o'clock when I was free, so there must be an issue in our relationship that they don't want to get together. You know, I've tried to get together, but they couldn't get together at Saturday at 4 o'clock the only time I was free. So you could see how that could cause a problem that, Sometimes we feel like we're being the ones that are very, you know, initiative, but maybe we're being inflexible at the same time that we give them like a two-hour window. And if you have your mother's birthday party at that time, then you don't love me. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen um, with expectations. You know, you hugged this person, but then you didn't hug me, and then you hugged that person. You walked right by me. You know, that I knew, you know, there was something there. I know that wasn't just an accident. Um, And these are all real things that I've heard with people from church because we can have mixed up expectations. And if you're anything like me, you're you're kind of confused at this point and feeling like, oh, no, I don't think I like expectations. This is going to be a challenge. But let's imagine that we all love each other, and whatever we do to each other is not on purpose. That's, a, that's probably a good place to start. I think that's where we generally start, but we don't often stay there. You know, I had this issue come up this week uh, regarding this doll. Uh, I realized on, I think it was like November 1st, going through my Facebook page, and I realized my niece's first birthday was on October 5th, and it was November 1st, and so that was a real problem in my world, like, oh my gosh, I missed their first birthday, some of you are appalled right now, how could you do that, you know, but this, it just happened to be that this side of my family, we're really cool, like, you could send it months late, and no one would care, right, so that's like the perfect there's one part of the family, I won't say which part, but if, you're, if you miss it a day late, you're done. You're out because they're, they're super on top of it, very thoughtful. Uh, and that, what does that say about me, throwing this a month late? But I thought, I was excited that at least it was the perfect gift because her name is Ellie. 
and it's a little doll in an elephant costume. So I was like, well, at least if it's going to be late, it's like a perfect gift, you know. Um, and she loved it, and uh, that was that. So er- expectations. You know, as we're talking about expectations, and we're going to get to some, you know, it's, the title today is Expectations of God and One Another, but we're kind of starting out with expectations of one another here. And the book talked a lot about clarifying expectations. Can I, can I check something with you? You know, this is what I'm thinking. I want to check it out and see if that's correct. You know, he used the, the term, you know, a permission to read your mind. I thought that was kind of weird, so I'm not going to ever do that. But that was what he, it was kind of the same idea of, I think this is what you're thinking. Is this right? You know, I'm wondering, is this about, you know, correct there? And that, that should be something that fills our relationships, that we're able to ask these questions. Because sometimes people feel like, well, if you have to ask, then we're really not that close. Right? If you have to ask me what to get me for my birthday, you should already know what to get me from. You know, so it, let's just be a safe place where we can clarify for people like me that maybe don't really know exactly what's going on. I shared last week that sometimes I cannot totally figure out what's going on in the conversation and I have to ask, like, what did I miss? I missed something in this conversation. Can somebody help me out? So let's make uh, this a safe place for people like me. And there was some rules for expectations. You know, sometimes we have expectations for each other that we're not even aware of. We, it's like an unconscious thing, and usually it's like, this person didn't do it like I do it. You know, we expect it to be like, I, you know, however we do things, that's how everyone else would do it. We're not even aware. And then being realistic. Something that a reasonable person could do. You know, there's something called unrelenting standards where it's like you could have your expectations so high that there is no one in the planet, maybe except for you, that's going to meet them. And probably if they're that high, you're probably not meeting your own expectations either. But we, can, we need to make sure our expectations are spoken, that there's a conversation, and then there's an agreement to this expectation. So if there's not a conversation and there's not an agreement, then there's really not an expectation by both, the, by both parties. You know? So this is just good to be reminded. I know a lot of you know this kind of stuff. But we, we had this, we were doing some marriage counseling this week, and we were reminded of some painful memories in our first 10 years of marriage that Danielle would tell me to get something from the grocery store, and I would go there, and I would get like 20 different things, except for the one thing that she wanted me to get. And how do you think that went? Not real good, right? So... I get home, oh, I forgot the thing, let me go back and get it. And what she's telling herself, or he doesn't love me, I only asked him to do one thing, he's so selfish. He got the ten things that he wanted, and then he forgot, the, she's, probably, she's not wrong, right? She, you know, this makes sense. But then, you know, other things would creep in, like, hey, I knew that he wanted to get back at me. For so-and-so, like, this is retaliation, like, it was on purpose, you know, and she didn't know that maybe I went to the store, I started talking to the guy, 
it took me 20 minutes to find wherever the spice was that I was trying to find. And it was, you know, I, it takes me a long time at a grocery store sometimes. <laughs> and maybe I ran into somebody I knew. And then, you know, I, I get distracted. And it's not personal, but that's just how I roll, unfortunately. Um, that she's learned not to take that, that you know, uh, personally. But that doesn't mean I still don't need to try to remember her stuff. And so I try to get that first now, you know. But expectations can make or break a relationship. And so this past week, we had a little expectation issue around this guy, this girl. We found this amazing puppy in Idaho for like $400, which is really cheap if you're not into puppies. And so we used all our frequent fire miles, and I went up there, got the puppy, brought her back on the plane. I was the most popular person in the airport. Like, I felt like a rock star. Every single person was smiling at us. She probably got, like, over 100 pets. No joke. 100 pets. She was playing on the ground with little kids. I mean, it was like, you know, the popularity that I always wanted at that time. And so, you know, we brought her home. We spent Friday. We kind of spent the day with her. Then Saturday, we, I came, we came uh, back, and I realized that we had some expectations issue over two things, potty training and crate training, right? So we're, 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 we're kind of doing our thing. Danielle has done all this research on it and knows exactly what she's trying to do, and, of course, me not so much, right? So I'm just kind of winging it, going with it. And she's, you know, dancing around the, the crate and making this, this crate is like the funnest crate in the world. The dog will want to be there all the time. If you're a dog person, I know you're with me. If you're not, I'm going to get past this in a minute. <laughs> this crate is like the party zone. And I'm just thinking, like, this person is crazy. Like, why is she doing this? This is nuts. Like, it's just a crate. Give her some time. Don't worry about it. And so you could see kind of where this is going. And then we went to go to sleep, and it was like, okay, well, she needs to get up in four hours. That was what was said, and, and my wife doesn't sleep real well, so I kind of put two and two together that that means that i got to get up in four hours to take the dog outside, and I, I'm not a happy camper, right? I'm, I'm like, I don't, know, I, don't like dog, I don't like this whole puppy thing. We're getting crazy here. But it's amazing all that happened over this one little puppy that was so cute. And by the end of the day, we were kind of nipping at each other. And we had an appointment earlier in the day that was kind of rough. So I was kind of bringing that. It was just, it's a mess. It was a mess. And today I finally got up to speed on the puppy. I looked, watched the videos. I did my homework and I got, you know, we're going to have a puppy conference tomorrow at lunch, right? Okay, what do we need to do with the puppy and how are we going to fix this? Um, but it's amazing, even something that's so great, and that obviously that's a silly example, but just put your, your kids into that picture. All the expectations that you guys have for your kids and that how they're all over the place, and one of you looks at the other one like, man, you are crazy to be talking, caring so much about that, and vice versa, and the other one's like, oh, that's no big deal, don't worry about that, I did 20 times worse when I was a kid, and, you know, so 
Having those conversations can be so amazing. So what do you do when someone can't meet your expectation? How do you handle it when you agree to something with someone and then they don't do it? And let me just tell you, that's every relationship there is. Right? That's, they're doing it, but we're doing it too. We've agreed to a lot of things. Some things we don't even know we've agreed to, but we just assume that things are going to happen because of how our lives go. And then the, finally, what do we do when God doesn't meet our expectations? That we have expectations for God that he's going to do things for us, that we're following him and we expect that he's going to do all these things to take care of us and to meet our needs. And as Carlos read in the scripture there, that he's going to take care of us and meet our needs. And, but he doesn't always meet our needs and take care of us the way we think he should do that, Right? And so we have this expectation issue, not only with each other, but I would say we even have a primary expectation issue with God. And we spend our Christian life trying to figure out, like, God, how come you're doing this and not this? And how can I trust you when you let this happen? And you you get the idea. But that's what we're going to talk about here, our expectations of God. And so uh, let's say a prayer and we'll, we'll get going here. Or we'll keep going. Uh, Father, we do thank you so much for this time. We thank you that you uh, love us. We thank you that we get to have a relationship with you, that we get to uh, walk with you. We know you have expectations for us, and we know we have expectations for you. And I pray that during this time that you can help us to grow uh, personally, help us to grow as a church, God. Help us to give grace to one another. Help us to give grace to ourselves. Help us to even... Give grace to you, even though you don't need it, but we sometimes need to give it to you uh, anyway, God. We love you. We pray for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Romans 8, verse 18. You guys are still with me. Start talking about expectations. It starts getting really quiet. and People start making notes, conversations that need to have happen. That's a good thing. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be be revealed in us. For the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now you can Go back and think about that passage for a while. There's a lot of deep stuff in there that about the creation groaning and going to be reveal, uh, revealed and redeemed with the children of God that we're not going to talk about today, but you can just think about that. It's pretty deep stuff. But Paul basically saying that creation was made, is creation itself is waiting in expectation. That it is decaying and waiting for something better. That according to scripture, that this is not an easy life. He says right there, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory which will be revealed. So this life is filled with sufferings. It's not an easy ride. We experience frustration, not because God is cruel, but because he wants us to experience hope. 
He wants us to be able to have faith. And so he can put, he puts us, he allows us to go through difficulties. We've actually come into church today with expectations of God. We're expecting that we're here and he's going to do something. That he's going to give us a word of encouragement. That he's going to inspire us. That he's going to help us with whatever issue we're trying to figure out. That's a lot of expectations that we have for God. That he's going to somehow fix it through this person who can't take care of a puppy very well. He's going to help you to figure out your lives. But that's why we're here. Because God works when we get together. That's why we read our Bibles, because he works when we do that. We've seen him do it before. We've been at church and had him move, and so we come back and we say, you know what, I want to do that again. And then there's kind of this relationship that's built that we want to do it even more, and he answers our prayers and requests, and so we want to do it even more. And so that's why we're here. If we're not here, then it doesn't give God that same chance to work. In these two hours, we're giving God opportunity, either through the songs, through the, the, the scriptures, through the fellowship. We're giving God opportunity. We want to be used by God, and we come for two hours, and guess what? He gives you opportunity to be used. He gives you opportunity to check on people and to find out needs and to find out prayer requests. And, you know, if you're not here, you're really shutting God off. To all those opportunities. And I know some people are online and they, they're, they're, they're doing their thing and they can't drive at night. We love you, hoax. But we're encouraging people to be where God's people are. Because that get oh, they're here. They drove in the dark. Oh man, you guys hope we'll pray for you to get home okay. (laughs) I love that he stood up in the back. That's awesome. You made me lose my place though. give God opportunity to work when we get together with one another we have fellowship times we have coffee you ever think about that we get together we talk about life we talk about whatever and we feel better when we leave sometimes we use scripture sometimes we don't sometimes we pray sometimes we don't just the fact that we're talking about our lives makes us feel better. That's what fellowship is. I can't explain it. There's no science to it. It just works. And so it makes us want to do it more. Even when we don't want to go, we, we go because we know it's going to be better that we went than just staying home and being stuck with ourselves. That's why we're together. That's why God wants us to meet together so he can have a chance to work and to move. Let's keep reading. It says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we have what we do not yet, but if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. Everyone say patiently. Patiently. Rory wanted you to do that, right? 
<clears throat> You're welcome, Roy. I probably wouldn't have had him do that, but Roy wanted you to say that patiently, okay? <laughs> Patience is not how long you wait, it's how you wait. How well you wait, how faithfully you wait, how patiently you can wait. God gives us a challenge to wait, but he also gives us a demeanor to wait. And he gives us a posture of waiting. That we need to be patient for the things that we don't have. That we have a little taste of it. It says we have the first fruits of the Spirit. That means we have a little bit. But he's going to give us the full deposit later. And we experience a little bit of heaven through God and his people. But we're going to experience a lot of it later. Because this life is not heaven. As does, we figured that out. But sometimes we have those little glimpses, and some people call that the future age, which is going to be perfect. And in the church, it kind of breaks into the present age. So we have little chunks of heaven here, which make us wait more patiently, which make us wait more excitedly, more hopeful for the future. My first point is if you raise your expectations, God will exceed them. That's kind of the opposite of how we usually work because typically we'll have high expectations and then we'll get hurt and then what will we do with our expectations? We'll lower them so it doesn't hurt so much the next time. And then if we get hurt again, then we lower them again. And by the end of life, our expectations are over the floor and we're not disappointed and we just live very grumpy lives. That's not how we're supposed to live as Christians, that God wants us to raise our expectations. If we could take every disappointment as a prayer opportunity, maybe we would see, hey, God is helping me to pray a lot today. God is putting disappointments in my life so that I can pray for the future. I can pray for better things. Somebody once said, anything that makes you pray is a blessing. Even if it's a frustration here. That's what we're talking about. But he says, in the same way, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Amen. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness and image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That God is making us into Christ. That he's put frustrations in our lives, not just to frustrate us, but to make us better. To show his power through even difficulties. He said, I'm going to work good out of even that. I'm going to bring my glory through everything this life has to offer. My challenge for us is to learn to pray and suffer better and have faith. Have higher faith when you're disappointed. I mean, how much was Jesus disappointed in this life? I mean, if you just walk through the Gospels and think about how did Jesus feel about this? How did he feel about 
people's faith and how did he feel about how they treated one another and how did he feel about how they looked at the law. I mean, it, but in every situation, he was, he kept his faith. He never lowered his expectations. He never lowered what he could do. You know, sometimes we look at young Christians. You know, when you're first knowing the Lord, I mean, you feel like God is moving in like everything. Right. In every conversation and every time I talk to somebody and, you know, God's just you know, blessing me with everything from parking spaces to stopping smoking or to whatever. I mean, God's just doing all these amazing things. It doesn't matter what your problems are. God's going to fix it. You remember that person? That was us. But now sometimes when we see that, we go, well, they're going to figure it out. They're going to learn. Yeah, it's nice. You're all excited. That's cool. <laughs> That's not how it goes. You know, isn't it better to be the one with the pure faith than to be the one that's like, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, good luck with that one. You know, we can be so cynical and God's like, ah, oh, that's not what I want. You know, imagine Jesus if somebody's like, oh, I want to change my life. He says, ah, I don't think it's going to happen, man. I don't think that's going to happen. The odds are really against you. Yeah, thanks for the inspiration there, Jesus. An expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. That sounds like faith. I'm cer- be certain of what we don't see. To be sure of what we hope for. God says it's impossible to please me if you don't have faith. You know, if you raise your expectation, he will exceed it. In Acts chapter 3, there was a blind leper, or blind, uh, 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 a blind, uh, I keep saying blind, I don't know why I say blind, a lame beggar, a lame beggar. And Peter and John walked by, and he looked at them and thought, hey, maybe they're going to give me some money. They paid attention to me. And he had no idea what God had planned for him. Wasn't going to give him a few bucks. He was going to change his life. That lame person probably never thought in his entire life that he'd be able to walk. Imagine, if you're born lame and you go through your entire life lame, you probably never think you're ever going to do this. This is never going to happen. Maybe he heard some stories of a few people being healed and maybe he got some hope. But God blew his expectations away. And for some of us, for I would say for all of us as Christians, I know I feel that he's blown my expectations away from what I thought my life was going to be. And yeah, there's disappointments and there's cynicism and there's all kind of craziness that's come in. But man, when I look at God, he's blown my mind with his expectations and how much more does he want for us? How much more does he have planned for us? Let's not be the cynical old Christians. Let's be the naive ones that see God and have a big faith. Amen? God wants to blow our faith away. <clears throat> My second thought is just is to manage the frustration between what 
you think God's supposed to do and what he's actually doing. There's a lot of times there's a gap there. What we want and what we got. There's a gap there. We, that's, what, that's what the Christian life is. I'm trying to manage this gap of what I want and what I have and what I want God to do and what God is actually doing and how long I want God to take and how long he's actually taking. That's the Christian life. Managing that frustration, that expectation of God. And the beautiful thing is that we get to do that with our creator and our friend. We've been studying out the prophets, and they were known as the God's trusted friends that were sent to do his work. But, so sometimes they would be speaking God's words to people, and sometimes they, he would be pleading for people to do what's right and to follow God, and other times he'd be pleading with God to do what's right and to not do what's wrong for them. He's like, God, don't do that, because if you do that, then you're gonna, your name's not going to be held up within these nations. If you destroy them all because they're being stubborn, then, then everyone's going to think you're evil. You don't want to do that. You know, I, I, the one that I had in my uh, paper was Elijah. He was staying with the widow. She was providing him food, and her son died. And he said, God, this ain't right. This person's taking care of me, and you allow her son to die, and now she's got no one to provide for her, and God helped him to raise him from the dead. But it was just that idea that we're in this relationship with God that we complain to God sometimes, right? That's okay. That we don't like certain things that God's doing and we talk to him about it. And sometimes he changes and other times we change. Most of the time we change, but every once in a while, he's, you know, he changes. God can handle your complaints. If you start complaining, God's like, oh my gosh, look at they're getting critical again. No, he knows you're complaining anyway. He's probably like, oh good, I'm glad we're talking about this. I was wondering when you were going to bring this up. I was wondering when you were going to talk about your frustrations or your disappointments or your bitterness or whatever it is. It's like about time. That doesn't scare God away. You know, Sometimes I can feel like, man, if I do that to God, it's like when someone says, hey, I, I need to talk to you. Can I, can I talk to you over here? Come here. Can we talk? You start walking over, and what do you start thinking? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man. You start coaching yourself. Okay, be humble. Okay, be humble. All right. I'm going to take it, take it on the chin here. That's not how God looks at it. God, God wants to talk to us. He wants to share things with us. He wants to help us with the frustrations that we feel. And uh, I love that about God. I love that we have that opportunity to, to speak about our expectations and to clarify. And it just helps us to pray more. It helps us to be real. You know, he, there's a scripture that says, cast your anxieties on him because... He cares for you. Sometimes I do that. My whole prayer time is just like, man, I just pulled a dump truck up and I just like unload. I got them, I got them for you today, Lord. I'm going to be throwing them out there and I just throw them out one after the other. God, he doesn't get, he doesn't get tired. He, he's like, I feel better after. He's like, okay, good. Now we can kind of move on. We can go on to some better days. 
I love you. I want to take that away from you. I, want you to, I don't want you to feel like I'm against you. I'm for you. And I, I hope that even in this, that we can apply that, those expectations to God. That we don't lower our expectations, but we, we raise our expectations. That we don't run away from things we don't like with God, that we run to Him and tell Him all about it. And we, He is allowed to manage our expectations, because sometimes it's, most of the time it's us. We're expecting things that aren't real, they're not realistic. They're not spoken. They're not agreed upon. All those same things that we have with each other, we don't... God says he loves us. He says that he's going to get us to heaven. He's going to make us like Jesus. And we're going to suffer through this life. I mean, that's kind of the contract that we have. And sometimes, you know, uh, we, we expect something else. I'm not even sure what I'm saying right now, but... Let's, let's pray. We'll take our communion here together. Father, we do thank you for this time to uh, be able to worship you and to be able to come before you and just think about our relationships, think about our expectations, think about our faith. God, I pray you forgive us for our lack of faith. I love that song that we were singing earlier, help us in our unbelief. And I pray that you help us in that. You help us to walk with you. You help us to be honest in our walk with you, God, that we can uh, continue to be dreamers. We continue to be, have, have mustard seed of faith that can move mountains. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the way that he believed in us. Thank you for his love for us that he showed, not just on the cross and his death, but in his life and in his work in our lives today. God, I pray we can honor him as we think about his body and his blood broken for us. It's in his name we pray. Amen.